This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. 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 You okay, you. Dad? Dad, are you all right? I'm fine. Okay. We'll get to it. <laughs> you. By giving, I don't remember now, you broke my flow. Sorry. Brought to you by you. Through your support, there it is. It came back. Through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon, where pretty much every Sunday you get this all over again. Yes, you get me and Maureen if you give it the 5 or $10 a month level because you get a bonus episode that we call The Town Watch delivered to you fresh and piping hot every Sunday. And uh, if you give it that $10 a month level, you also get a sticker in the mail every month because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club. Everyone's a banger. They're a lot of fun to get They're in the really mail. good. So go on over to patreon.com slash says who and get yourself set up. Everybody. Wow. I'm really into you. See all this, all this stuff over here. I got, I got the two planners out. I noticed that there's a second planner behind you. That's because I thought you'd purged yourself of multiple planners. No, I decided to use the second oh, big boy. one as a notebook just to sketch out all the social media posts and things I have to do. Um, okay. So I'm basically using it for scratch just to plan out certain things. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually useful for that. Wow. Um, and then if I don't need it anymore, I'll throw it in the trash <laughs> or or I'll put it in the recycling bin. But I do not have a room devoted to planners. I just have this. Dan. Maureen. Things are circling in on nine liars. And I'm as soon as we get off today, I'm going to be releasing a bunch of information. Boom. If you get if you get signed, I have a newsletter. I don't send it out very often. I'm very judicious with my sending of newsletters. But it will contain a ton of information. But you could sign up for these at MaureenJohnsonBooks.com. Um, it'll contain pre-order information, where to order a signed copy from a community-owned, uh, queer-centered activist bookstore called Blue Stockings. That'll be signed copies. A pre-order gift, which is a goddamn metal axe bookmark. Hell yeah. Uh, Did you say battle axe? Metal axe. It's metal. I love it. It's a metal axe bookmark for Nine Liars. That's a lot of fun. Uh, there's going to be information on how you can win signed, numbered, limited edition arcs of Nine Liars, as well as like piles and piles of signed full series that I'm going to be giving away on Instagram and through the newsletter, and preliminary tour information. So love it. It's this is a big. This is a big drop. Uh, Dan, it, I feel like I am just trying to organize a thousand drunken hamsters, but I'm getting there. You're getting um, there. But yeah, there's a lot of information, preliminary tour information. I can tell you the cities at least, and there'll be more. San Diego, Madison, Look. Connecticut, Washington, D.C., Houston, San Antonio, San Luis Obispo, California, and Boulder, Colorado. Boom. Then there will be UK tour information coming after that. Nice. Couple appearances in the UK. Still under development. Love it. So that's a lot. Of, I told you there was a lot brewing. There was a lot. And then I was waiting for a certain go code. <laughs> Everything dropped in my email at once. So I'm I'm wrangling that now. I love it. I love it. If you would like to get nine liars over the internet, you can always go to kickbezosintheballs.org. You can also get any other book you can think of. You can just 
imagine book titles and type them into the search bar. Maybe they'll pop up as books and then you could get them. Who knows? Go to kickbezosintheballs.org. That's our own little bookshop. Since you're on the internet shopping for things, you can also go over to the merch.sayswhopodcast.com, otherwise known as the Says Who Merch Store, where we have all kinds of shirts and mugs and all of that, including the ever-popular sticker grab bag, where you can get a couple of stickers from the last couple of years of sticker clubs randomly grabbed for you and put in the mail and sent to you. That's at merch.sayswhopodcast.com. Also, the HarperCollins Union is on strike. I'm holding up my strike button. Hell yeah. I support the HarperCollins Union. They Love it. are asking for fair pay and nothing more than that. I am a HarperCollins author. I went down to the line yesterday, brought my dog and a bunch of donuts. Um, so I support their entire strike action and whatever they need to do to get a contract, a fair contract. Uh, and sometimes that means it's going to be a, a blow to even my books. Like that's... You know, if people have to say no reviews on HarperCollins books, which many publications are, I'm like, okay, that's me too then. Like, hold the line. So I fully support them and just letting you know that you can follow them online if you want to see what they're doing for strike action. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always good. Jiggity, jiggity, yeah. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order, please? Yeah, I'm going to need... Oh, no. 500 That's double a, McBurgers. It's not, we don't have anything called a double McBurger. Right. I've been Is told a, it's a list I've got here that says, hey, hey, kid. How you, hey, how you doing? Guess what? Guess what? What? Guess what? What? I got a, my job back. Oh, no. Yep. Yeah, I I got my job back. It turns out that that uh, contract I signed with that mysterious figure that appeared in my bedroom one night with a glowing pen, uh, that was real. And I have to do this. So um, I don't know if you saw that there was a big announcement uh, about uh, there was a big party at Mar-a-Lago. and uh, something about this. Yeah, so, yeah, I got to get some food for it. Uh, there's a bunch of people there that okay. want some these double McBurgers. I, it's not a McBurger isn't a thing. We do uh, have a we have a Big Mac. We have a burger. Uh-huh. We have a quarter pounder with cheese. But we don't have anything called a McBurger. Do you have a shake that, quote, tastes like winning? Well, I mean, pretty much all of our shakes are delicious, if mm-hmm. that's what you mean. I don't know what it I also need things that are very elegant. What's the most elegant thing you sell? Oh, we do have some salads, but nobody really ever orders them. They're probably the most elegant thing on the menu, I guess. However, um, I don't know that anyone knows how to assemble them except for the manager who works the 2 to 7 o'clock shift on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, mm. and Mondays, mm. and Tuesdays, mm. and Wednesdays. Mm. The salad's not going to fly, kid. Okay, well, when you say elegant, right? what do you mean? That might be helpful to understand the nature of mm. elegance. I have wrestled with this question myself. On the list here, it just says elegant food. I mean, first of all, if you're looking for elegant food, and you're looking for elegant food, prepare quickly. Mm-hmm. And well, mm. I will say that in this same strip mall, there is a red lobster down mm. the way. And that's very elegant. Oh, you got a dog in there? Yeah, that's our new 
colleague. You got a collie in the in the McDonald's. Yeah, it's our it's a dog that does some of the work now because oh. um, it's actually there's not a lot of um, there are not a lot of people looking for work right now. Right. So we started hiring dogs. So you're saying something like shrimp or lobster. I mean, a, a very elegant meal is something like a shrimp scampi. Okay, that I'll have that. Very elegant. We don't have that, though. You Tell the dog I'll have a shrimp scampi platter. You'll have to go to the Red Lobster, which is just, you can see it mm. from where you are. If you just look mm. straight ahead, you'll see that the Red Lobster, it even has its own parking lot, which is also very elegant. Put it in a bucket. That's not, we also don't have buckets. That's Lobster the, bucket. That's, that's, that's a, classy. That's elegant. I mean, that's what could, I'm looking for. Uh, at Red Lobster, you can have a lobster tail added to anything for just five ninety nine, And so you could add a lobster tail to your shrimp scampi if you'd like. However, we don't actually carry any of those things. I'm explaining to you mm. what a different restaurant has on offer. Do you think endless shrimp is a sustainable practice? Um, I don't really have any uh, comment on endless shrimp ever since when we went to Red Lobster for my 12th birthday and I got endless shrimp and then I was very sick for the whole next day. All right. Well, I'm going to come in there and pet that dog and then we're going to figure this out together and get that bucket of lobster. Oh, no. See you in a few, kid. I'm just, I'll drive up and uh, I love. Oh, no. Kid, it's Mm. go time. No time. This says who? The podcast in which I say welcome quickly to surprise Dan Sinker. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. Hey, Dan. Hey, Maureen. How are you? I'm vertical. I mean, that's something. It is something. Do you want to I'm tell doing okay today? You want to tell everybody why I'm you see I'm doing this arm thing why where Why are I'm, you sitting so what are you doing? I have to so as I've explained oh shit. Am I done? <laughs> this is this is excellent podcasting right now. Oh, no. What, what are I, you doing? I'm trying to move the window so I can see both notes and your face. Okay. And you know that I have this this thing that only has two ports on it because then I have one for the microphone and one for the camera. And then I have to swing my arm around piano style and use the trackpad like I'm trying okay. to play the bass notes while I've got something going on with my left hand. All right. Seems like a Bluetooth mouse would fix your problem there. I have a Bluetooth mouse, but the Bluetooth connector oh, can't go Bluetooth. in. That's a lie. That's just a wireless mouse. Maybe this is a Bluetooth mouse. If it's Bluetooth, you wouldn't need a connector. Well, that would be handy to know, wouldn't it? Is it a Logitech mouse? No, it's called an Anchor. Okay. I'll get a new one, Dan. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Well, that's been Tech Talk with Maureen and I Dan. Need, I need a, I like this mouse, but I'll get a better mouse. Yeah, if you had a Bluetooth mouse, you wouldn't need a little I dongle. thought this was a blue, but I didn't. I mean, know. it could be. Some of them ship with both a connector and Bluetooth. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Hello. Tell me about the situation. I do not have frozen peas in my pants right now, Maureen, and it's a real upgrade for me. Mm. I spent most of yesterday evening with peas in my pants. Now, do you want to tell people why? 
I got a vasectomy yesterday, Maureen. Oh, hey. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh, boy. I heard something I, about uh, peas in the pants. Uh, oh, damn it. I know someone and likes something like that. It didn't even occur to me that this fucking shoe would show up in this hey, conversation. Hey, Dan, tell me all about it. Damn it. Hi. Uh, well, uh, right after the Dobbs decision came down, Maureen, I reached out to my doctor and I was all, I'm fucking taking care of business here. How do we get a vasectomy? And uh, she wrote back and was like, oh, you need to talk to a urologist. So then I wrote to the urologist and it took a couple of weeks to get a call with that person. And they were like, here's the deal. You know, it's pretty straightforward. It's very easy. You kind of got to just hang out with some frozen peas on your balls for a bit. And uh, ah. and uh, <laughs> and and he was like, but uh, we are we're kind of slammed. We're scheduling about a month out. I was like, okay, cool. Well, have your scheduler call me because I want to get this done. And uh, finally, two weeks later, the scheduler calls me. And by that point, they're scheduling three months out. Seems that there's a big rush mm. on this stuff. Mm. Um, and uh, and I and that's been confirmed by many, many people now after mentioning it on Twitter. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I'm still waiting till next year. Um, but uh, yeah, got it done yesterday. The worst part of the whole thing, and and I'm not going to sugarcoat this morning, it was not the way I'd want to normally spend an afternoon. I would mm. say it was, um, it was, it was uncomfortable at best. But the absolute worst part was he walked in. He was like, "Do you mind if I put some tunes on?" And that's that's how he said it. Mm. I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." He puts on his tunes. First song, "Brown Eyed Girl." Maureen, I fucking hate "Brown Eyed Girl." One of my absolute least favorite songs on the face of the earth. You don't like Van Morrison, huh? Just a fucking terrible song. Wow. So I'm like, well, the good news, I say to myself, as he's like rooting around downtown, (laughs) is it's not going to get worse than this. Then next up, Pink Floyd, another brick in the wall, another song I hate. I don't hate it as much as Van Morrison, though. So I'm like, okay, well, we're at least on an upslope. Do you hate all of Van Morrison or just Brown Eyed Girl? Thankfully, I don't know that I could tell you another song by Van Morrison. Wow. He plays the flute, right? No. Who's the guy that plays the flute? I think that's the guy from the that did Aqualung. No, oh, yeah, I think I am confusing that. But hate Brown Eyed Girl. Hate another brick in the wall. Mm. I'm like, well, I guess we're on an upslope, though. And then... Mm. And then Maureen, and I will point out, this is when shit started getting real in the actual work, too. Mm-hmm. On comes Billy Joel's Piano Man. One of the worst songs ever made. Yeah. It was, that part, that part was the most painful part of the entire process. So, uh, you know, there's someone that that's their favorite playlist for uh, the ball thing. Yeah. I mean, clearly that doctor. Low is low. <laughs> At first I was like, he's just playing like a Spotify radio station of mm-hmm. terrible songs. And then as it wrapped up, mm. as he was finally finishing what felt like an eternity, but actually was quite short. On comes sexual healing. And a... I realized this is not random. Oh. 
This man is a fucking professional. Now, come on. You don't have a problem with Marvin Gaye, do you? Oh, I love Marvin Gaye. And that is a great song. I have no problem with any of that. But the timing of it, because this is a this is a procedure that this man does. Oh, I see. Sexual healing. He knows exactly how long it's going to take. So the three songs. So let's just read into this. Brown Eyed Girl is how he wants to to kind of. That's his opener. Which is a very like speedy mid-tempo. Hey, where do we go? I did the rain game. Da, 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 I fucking hate that song. Playing a new game. Blah, I'm singing it like Tom Waits would. <laughs> <laughs> what if he just played you some straight up Tom Waits? That would be sweet. That would have been fine. That would have been nice. That would have been totally fine. So then, I, uh, I mentioned this on Twitter and I have to pull up uh, a comment because it's truly one of the most chaotic evil things I've ever heard. Not about the song playing during a vasectomy, but during a different thing. I got to find this. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine. I remember getting a mole on my leg removed, and the doctor applied anesthetic, strapped the leg, and then proceeded to crank Welcome to the Jungle. Damn! <laughs> That's a move. I would have been into that. That's exciting. If he exciting. had just played the entirety of Appetite for Destruction while working, I would have been happy. What would have been your ideal... If you could only pick one album then for your your ball procedure. What's your? Uh, what's I mean, your... I would have been fine with no music. No, you have to pick an album to. Uh, probably something relatively innocuous and chill mm. would have been great. Like, uh like 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 uh, Chicago. Wow. Post rock in no, not the band. Chicago. Oh, okay. Although that like. Darling, please. That would have been pretty good. Do, 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 uh, no, like uh, Chicago, like post-rock. Uh, the Sea and wait. Cake. That would have been nice. Wait, if you leave me now, you take away the biggest part of me. That would have been hilarious. Ooh. <laughs> Snip. Yeah. I'm not going to get into detail. Mm. But it was, um, it was surprisingly painful, I right. will say. But it was temporary. Right. You know. It's now, uh, I am less than 24 hours later. I am pee-free, frozen pee-free. All right, okay. I should, I should qualify that. And um, yeah, it's the the uncomfortableness that was last night is pretty much done. Well, you say that, Dan. Yeah. About the discomfort of last night. Well. Well, I, uh, just so, you know, I've been here alone. Yeah. Uh, I may have, I don't. You're doing I, a whole solo week, right? Yeah. Uh, Oscar, I, I, get, I don't know if I told this story or if it happened. It must have happened after we recorded anything. But we were, uh, it was Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Oscar is preparing for a 7.40 p.m. flight to Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah. We're actually on a joint phone call with a friend. It is, I can tell you, at that point, 4.01 p.m. Okay. He's re- getting ready to sign off. He must have been looking over and just grabbing his phone to be like, okay, I'm going to start prepping because I'm going to yeah, go out the door soon. And then I hear him say, oh, no. And I said, what? <laughs> and he said, my flight's not at 740. It's at 540. Oh, boy. Now, we are in the middle of New York City. Yeah. It's 402 now. Yeah. His flight to Stockholm 
leaves Newark Airport at oh. 5.40. Newark, even. Yeah. Okay. So he looked at me and went, what, what do I do? And I said, I think you just stay here and we, <laughs> we sit down and work on getting you on a new flight. Like, it's much easier for you just to stay here and we can go online and see what we can find. Like, maybe we can get you to London tonight and Stockholm in the morning or something. But he says, I think I can do it. Slams his computer shut, grabs it, shoves it in a bag, grabs his coat, puts it on. He's out the door. 503, 504. He is in a cab. I know because he hit the little curb, follow my ride button at 405. Yeah. I watched it like a little video game. This cab going into wow. the tunnel, getting stuck, coming out, circling I mean, the, the airport. Problem. You got to do the tunnel. Yeah. You got to get out of Manhattan yeah. and down to Newark. Yeah. Then you have to get through security yeah. to your gate. Yeah. And usually those flights to other countries, they board and, and lock early. Right. So they're you usually do passport control and all that. Yeah, they're locked. Usually you're getting on sometimes almost an hour before and then they're locked at a half yeah. hour. So I'm like, basically, you need to be there at like 510. Yeah. If they're supposed to take off at 540. Then he made the plane. Man. He ran. He's like, I was like, were you the last one? He's like, no. I got there just as my boarding group was called. Wow. So just so you know, guys, it can be done if you leave the middle of New York City. You don't need, don't budget more time. Just leave like an hour and 20 minutes before yeah, or something. Yeah, no problem. Fine. Yeah. Walk so that was, park. but I'm by myself. So I can be a little bit feral and just put my head down and do all the things I need to do. I need an assistant and I need five more pairs of hands. You do. Working on it. And, um, but I sat down last night. You had your pee situation. Yep. And, um, we watched TV. Well, I think before we get to that, because that's going to eat some time, maybe we should, uh, run through a few of the other things that have happened this week. Most notably, Democrats have officially secured control of the Senate for another two years, even before the runoff in Georgia, which uh, when we spoke last week was still an open question whether Nevada, which seemed very, very close, was going to uh, eventually reach the point where uh, the Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto won. And in fact, it did. Mail-in votes trickled in over the entire week and finally uh, put her over the top and put the Democrats to 50 seats. So... They have the majority no matter what happens in Georgia. However, if Raphael Warnock can win Georgia, uh, it would be great because not only can they spend the next two years ignoring mansion or cinema, take your pick, uh, but more importantly, um, one thing that is forgotten because it was so long ago now, but when it was a 50-50 Senate in 2021, the Democrats and Republicans brokered a power sharing deal where committees would be split 50-50 as well. And what that has meant is that uh, anyone on the committee that wants to be a little chaos monkey, for instance, Ted Cruz or Rand Paul, can cause all kinds of things to not go through committee just simply by holding it up because the committees are split 50-50. At 51-49... That removes a lot of that chaos monkey power from Ted Cruz, which would be great. Uh, also, knowing that they already are guaranteed a um, 
a majority no matter what in 2023 and beyond. Uh, it means that the Senate can now move forward with legislation. Originally, they were kind of like, I think maybe we got to wait till we see what happens in Georgia. Um, so they are moving forward, maybe even as early as this week on uh, getting same sex marriage into a law and uh, doing a bunch of other things because they at least recognize the fact that they uh, won't have a house on their side <clears throat> starting in the new year. So they are trying to move some stuff forward uh, ASAP in a lame duck session. And that house is still uncalled, though at this point it's pretty clear that Republicans will get the majority probably by only one or two votes. Man. Yeah. Turns out uh, one of the ways that that could not have happened was if uh, New York State had not had their Supreme Court throw out their redistricting lines. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there are a couple of like you look at it with that slim. There are any number of things you can look around the country and say, well, if only that had not happened, they wouldn't have lost it at all. But they it looks like they are going to uh, get power. But and that sucks. But keep in mind that originally people were expecting them to pick up 20, maybe even 30 seats. Uh, and instead, they have two or maybe one. And it is going to be hilarious, Maureen. <laughs> because those fuckers are just going to spend the next two years fighting each other. Yeah. Yeah. So when do they, first of all, where did the Lauren Boebert? It looks like Boebert pulled it off. Though it's close enough at this point that they have to wait for military ballots for any last cured ballots and things like that. I think it's about a th she's up by about a thousand votes. Mm -hmm. um, this is like well less than one percent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if it's one vote, that's the vote. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be very, 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 very close. And it is going to be hilarious. Also, a lot of really weird stuff like. um Nobody totally knows what will happen if uh, members of the Republican Party, for instance, uh, die or leave office or things like that. You know, when your majority is that slim, the possibility of all sorts of wild scenarios mm -hmm. uh, become real and there is no real precedent for it. You have yeah. to reach back to the 1800s to find something that's even remotely close. Some members of our government are quite old. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking it up, uh, and there are multiple members of the House that are in their, well into their 80s. You know, there are a whole bunch, many more in their 70s. But also just things like, I would not expect Boebert, for instance, to, to do two years. I would assume that this extremely close election for her is a sign that she needs to sign a Newsmax contract or whatever and get going, you know, like just leave her position. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly happened before. Who, who is what Chaffetz or whoever? Oh yeah. He left for a Fox contract, you know, partway through like, um, if you, if you think mercenarily for Bobert, the next two years for her are going to suck because she 
is just going to be fighting with Republicans. She can't just kind of make speeches and demonize Democrats because the Republicans are in charge. So either she will have to make compromises that won't work well for her brand, right? Or she's going to have to fight with Republicans. Uh, None of those things are going to help her get reelected in what is clearly a heavily shifting toward Democrats district, right? When like sort of a no-name dude got that close, like give it two years, it's going to be even closer and, you know, likely she won't win. So to me, she will almost certainly not serve two years. Well, Dan, and in terms of where you and I like to talk a lot, how's that for stability? In in terms of where we like to talk, do you mean Twitter? And if you guys want, you, you, you've got the bonus, the weekend update episode in the normal feed and yeah. where we really, if you haven't listened to that, this is where we really get into the weeds of what the fuck went on with Twitter last week. Yep. So let's just pick up with where we're at now. Well, Maureen Johnson, Elon Musk has announced that the uh, now paused Twitter blue check paid Twitter blue check will be restarted at the end of the month. I believe Mm. yesterday he tweeted out November 29th or something like that, which means that the dwindling engineering team is going to have to work through Thanksgiving, which seems like a real uh, Grinch move there. Um, But it will relaunch by the end of month so that it's, as he put it, rock solid, Mm. which one would think you would have done the first time you launched something, but. Uh, the second time's the charm, I guess. He's also announced that folks like you that have legacy blue checks will have them gone in a few months, though. My gut is that's kicking the can. I was reading, um, if you are interested in the hot goss coming out of Twitter constantly. I am. The only place to look is uh, a tech reporter named Casey Newton, who has a, a uh, newsletter called The Platformer. He's a former writer for The Verge. A lot of his stuff still comes into The Verge. But uh, the platformer has all kinds of good stuff, including the fact that uh, the folks like you, uh, which are now being referred to as legacy Mm. checks, but are actually verified. um, The reason why, because originally he said that those were going to just go away like that, right, and be replaced by the page. And then they didn't go away. And part of the reason for that is it turns out there is no automated way to remove verified blue checks from people in Twitter. It is an entirely manual process, which means that somebody would have to go through and do that one by one by one by one. So my gut is that's not going to happen. This thing is... It really does feel like we're watching a disaster movie where we're watching a building shake and like the towering inferno and bits are falling off and doors are falling off and yeah. just just the building is coming to dust around. It's um he's he's amazingly petulant. Yes. In a way that's really fascinating. Mhm. And I'm amazed the thing is still working. Yes. It really the, feels incredible. There are definitely a number of people that have been involved at Twitter and people that have not that 
say that, you know, the the big threat facing Twitter right now is that it will just sort of crumble apart, you know, that it is extremely complicated software. There's <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff that is dependent on other stuff. And uh, right now, so to get way too technical, there a lot of those things are called microservices, right? Like you build little bits and then all those little bits combine to then make you Twitter. And um, last week at some point he tweeted out, you know, we're going to start shutting down microservices because most of them are, are unnecessary for the operation of Twitter. Sorry about Dexy is really That's upset okay. about this. I get it. Who doesn't get worked up about microservices? Right after he announced that, uh, people discovered that if they logged out and they had two-factor authentication turned on, they could no longer log back in for a bit because the microservice that sends you a code went away. So, um, so yeah, I my general feeling at this point is that the end of Twitter is going to feel like kind of the end of Hal in 2001, where right. it just kind of winds down slowly. Yeah. It's interesting to be on. Yeah. It's very, very interesting to be there right now. Um, we're all building our little ships i'm staying dan oh yeah i'm staying on this weird thing i i am absolutely on this ride until it falls apart completely yeah i did this weekend finally break down and set up a a, a space on mastodon yeah i have one too i haven't actually looked at it but it's there if uh, it's so confusing yeah it is a confusing thing <laughs> I don't think my personal feeling is I don't think that it is the it is the place that it will like that people will end up at in the long term, but it's a useful life raft if we all need to jump off at once. It's kind of an arc ship. Yeah. Yeah. I went about it the extra hard way because I got very annoyed at the whole, like, you have to choose an instance and blah, blah, blah. And finally, I was like, I'm not choosing shit. I'm setting up my own. <laughs> so now, of course. So now I live in my own instance of one. I, w I wish I, I think I'm in coffee, you know, master on coffee yeah. or something like that. I just had to pick something randomly. Yeah. It's a little confusing, you guys. But stay, uh, obviously... <laughs> Follow me on Instagram, get some books. And <laughs> I don't like Instagram, but I'm trying to like it. I hear you. Or maybe, maybe Twitter, Twitter will be saved. <laughs> Look, man, I don't know. Well, Maureen Johnson. What? Speaking of things falling apart. Last night. Donald Trump, you all might remember him. He was the president for four years. The reason we got together. It's true. Even We're, though we are two years away from Election Day, he took to this makeshift stage at Mar-a-Lago in a room full of goons and supporters and announced in a very rambling speech that he is running for re-election. Now, Dan, you were watching this speech with the peas down your pants and... Yep. 
How much of it? So you, I started to watch it then. I can I, can yeah. I just dip into my DMs here? Because <laughs> at one point in the night, you were like, "Are we watching together, Dan?" And you were like, "8 p.m." And I responded, "OMG, sure." I'll be sitting on a bag of frozen peas. And then you were like, Patreon video? And then uh, time passed, and I realized that I was not in a situation where I was going to be uh, recording actively. Uh, so, but I, but then we were like, oh, we're going to do this. We'll just, you know, chat together, and, and then we'll record tomorrow. And uh, we're going along. You're like, he's reading from a prom- prompter. It's so boring. And then uh, and then I just start DMing you. And you don't respond. At one point, you finally say, he seems unwell. And then I'm just going. And finally, I say, I'm tapping out. One hour is all I have in this. And you respond, lol, I left after 20 minutes. <laughs> Now, in my defense, I thought that because you had the peas down your pants, you weren't we weren't actually officially doing it together. Sure. Um, and I was watching it. Now I'm alone then. And I was also dealing with something else. And I decided that so first of all, if you didn't watch it, congratulations on a good decision. Yeah. The big note is that he was not he was not the coked up weirdo that he seemed to be before the excited gesticulating sweaty he was very sedate yeah it looked like he had been given a bunch of quaaludes yeah he was reading like leaning heavily on the podium that he was standing at and he was reading you could tell he was reading because the incredibly weird cadence of the words yeah because when you read a not well, it you 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 string the wrong words together yeah. and put all the emphasis in the wrong places, and it was all delivered in a kind of flat monotone like this. And then it's a, but it was this, it was the same racist nonsense, but it was really flat. And you know he was clearly told he was supposed to behave, and so he was behaving. And he wasn't going to, he even references a couple times. He's like, I'm not going to say stuff because they told me not going to say stuff. And then he actually says the thing, but he says it yeah. like a bit of that. He claims he, at one point that, that China um, impacted the 2020 election. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything, but I think China, I think we all know China. Yeah. Stole the 2020 election. Yeah. But then, then he immediately the next sentence, he first he says that China influenced the 2020 election so that he didn't win. Yeah. In the very next sentence, he said that we just did the biggest deal where American goods are being made instead of Chinese goods. So sort of implying that by China, for some strange reason, wanting Joe Biden elected immediately resulted in China losing a bunch of business. Right. Now that very confusing. That wasn't the weirdest thing he said, though. No. It the thing to me. So absolutely. He was reading. 
remember in school when you would go when like the teacher would have kids read from the textbook and you would go around and it was just absolutely mind numbing work mm-hmm. and every single person would basically just read it but it's a way until the teacher would finally call on someone else that's really what it sounded like like he was he was reading he kept referring like the clearly he had been sort of coached on like you got to be chill you got to feel presidential but clearly the word that was used with him that resonated was that it needed to be elegant yes because he went on this whole riff for a moment about how uh you know, this is supposed to be an elegant evening. Everything's going very elegant here. We're going to have that it. was in saying that he wasn't going to call the media the fake news media. He actually said that because it's an elegant evening. He said that he's like, I'm yeah. not going to call them fake news. Oh, yeah. but the, the things that they say, but we're going to be very elegant this time. It's going to be an elegant presidency. He just kept saying elegant a lot. Yeah. In this dead voice. Yeah. He seems dead inside. Yes. Which is obviously great. Like, that's nice. Halfway there. Halfway there. And um, he seemed like a hollow husk of a man. Yeah. yeah. Which was, what, that was nice. Yeah. There were a lot of things I had forgotten that I didn't think I was ever going to forget. I would say the biggest one is just his constant sniffing. Mm. I had forgotten all about the sniffing, how just everything he does is has that going he manages to kind of put his face in a way like slightly below the mic so that the that the nose is really right in it so it really just picks up as he talks but that was the moment where i was like oh fuck i forgot like there was that moment where you just deep in your core you're like oh right that memory there it is and i think also sometimes there's impression that evil is always interesting right and he is, in fact, incredibly dull. Yeah. It was so dull that CNN cut away, then apparently even Fox cut away. Yeah, Fox cut to Hannity. Because it was too boring to watch. It just also went a very long time. I don't know how much longer he went after the hour that I that I, that I I tapped out at, but I think he went for a bit longer than that, for sure. He was not in sort of a... I'm wrapping it up cadence here. He there was just a moment after the sort of after the sort of monotonous drolling about how the country was better when he was in charge. Uh, And that kind of led to the announcement. Then it just sort of he moved into sort of a 20 to 30 minute airing of grievances where he just complained about everything when I finally started tapping out was when he basically, he said something to the effect of, I'm a victim and mm. you all are victims too. Which is, I think, basically his sort of thesis statement, right? But, um, yeah, and then he kind of, after the, <clears throat> after the airing of grievances, he then switched into what I would assume is kind of the major themes of the, of his campaign, which are just, obviously fucking hateful toward trans people Mm. uh, in just blatant, clear transphobia. Mm -hmm. Uh, He went on a whole riff about how he will execute drug dealers after short trials. Great. Good. That he had a conversation with, uh, 
with with the the Chinese president and asked him why he doesn't have a drug problem there. And he explained that they have show trials and then murder people if they're dealing drugs. So he basically was like, that's what we're going to do. Like, clearly we have two years of just Mm. the same hateful rhetoric ramped up to 11. So that's great. So, Dan, we're about to do again what we've now done. We've done it now. We've done it twice. Yep. We're going to do it again. Yep. How is this time going to be different? I mean, my gut is it's it's not going to be very different in that, you know, right now we sort of have a lot of hot January 7th energy where there is a handful of Republicans that are like, he's diminished, he's weak, you know. I mean, the reality is his his top-level hand-picked people almost all didn't come through, you know. He pointed that out and pointed out how many people he endorsed and how many actually got through, but he, those are largely House races and things like that. You know, his Senates, his governors, uh, all of that, almost none of them came through, right? So there is sort of this narrative that he's weakened and that his grip on the Republican Party is... is it's, it's sort of like me saying that I endorsed the sun coming up and then the sun yeah. comes up and I'm like, well... Like, fuck yeah, look at me. I yeah. did it. But I generally think that this party has proven again and again and again that they will fall in line behind him. So I think that they will fall in line behind him. I think even DeSantis eventually will fall in line behind him. I don't know. I wonder if DeSantis isn't greedy enough that he's willing to go toe to toe and we're like, we're going to see them fight. I mean, I think we'll see them fight, but I think eventually he will, you know, he will, he will fall in line. I just think that Trump has too much of a command over truly nuts people. Right. That will make everyone's life harder than they want it to be. Because none of these people want a hard life. I think, Dan, that one thing now that's bringing me some kind of peace yeah. is that once the illusion of America cracks yeah, for you fully, like I never had a full version, but it is now cracked completely enough that I feel like the shell bits have fallen away that I'm like, oh, okay. It's been a bill of goods from the start. Yeah. It was always fake. Yeah. And I didn't realize just how deep the the nothingness was. Yep. And that once that you get there, it's not that it doesn't bother you. It's just that my energy is redirected. Yeah. That I'm reading different things and doing different things and listening to different people and learning about different things and engaged in a different way. Like, for example, right now, one of my big things that I want to learn about is the actual nuts and bolts of community organizing. Mm-hmm. Like I see a lot of good organizers at work and the word is, th- I'm like, I literally need want to learn like chapter one. Yeah. This is how you do. This is like, this is how you get involved. And I want to learn how it's structured and also then where to enter to also do the academic work and then like take the internship of like, this is the first level. Yeah. I want to know more about that because none of the systems that we have work. Correct. And 
it does matter that we vote him down, but at the same time, the whole thing doesn't work. Right. And accepting that has, at least, it's the whole barn burn down, now you can see the sky thing. Like, it's like, okay, like, I'm not, I'm not emotionally attached to the institution. Yeah, totally. I don't, I never was, but in a way, like, uh, the, you know, Dan, the last six years yeah. have been a school unto themselves. I'm amazed at the teens coming out, the kids totally. that are coming out of all this yeah. bring me a lot of hope because they have lived it. Yeah. They've lived the shootings. They've lived the pandemic. They've lived the chaos. They've lived the moment to moment madness. Yep. I mean, I think that the big answer, which you're driving at, of what's different. I don't think there's anything different with the Republican Party, right? No. Like, I think they're going to just fall right in place. But I think that he will not win. And I think that largely because the only thing he has ever won was 2016. Right? Like, I, I saw someone after these midterm results started coming in. And it became clear that, the, you know, the red wave not only didn't show up, but, you know, Democrats were picked up a seat in the Senate and that sort of thing. And somebody said, you know, more and more and more, it is apparent that 2016 was not Donald Trump winning, but Hillary Clinton losing, you know, that he hasn't won anything. Like there were, have been no coattails that people have ridden in. The midterms after, you know, he lost the 2020, he lost this, this one, he lost, you know, like the Republicans have been losing ever since he came on, um, on the scene. And it's, I think, largely because people have been snapped awake in a mm -hmm. way that they were not before, you know, and realizing that, you know, you've got to, you've got to do this work. But, it, you know, so I don't think that. I think that he will continue to dominate the Republican Party, but I think the Republican Party has not had that moment yet where they realize that they are rapidly irrelevant. You know, I mean, this this last election not only did did it outperform history for a sitting first term president to have the midterms go the way they did is unprecedented, but things like governorships. More Democrats won governors. Legislative, like low, state legislatures flip Democrat in a, in a way that they haven't in a long time. Like there are all sorts of ways that you can see that there is a larger trend that has happened. And it, it seems to be because people are really paying attention now in a way that they had not been before. So that's super heartening to me. I've been reading a work of James Baldwin for uh, for an article I'm working on. And he wrote about the Atlanta child murders. Yeah. In it. uh, it's called, he wrote a piece called Evidence of Things Not Seen. And it is a kind of book length essay. It is very rich food. You know, James Baldwin is someone you have to spend some time with. Yeah. Um, he puts a lot into a little space and he's so... He's so brilliant and his sentence structures sometimes are so curvy that you have to spend the time with him and to, you know, to really, cause it's rich food and you have to take time to digest it because yeah. when you start, you get these little, 
things I know intellectually, the cracks start happening in my neural pathways. Yeah. Where I start to realize, oh, black history in America is the history of people that have always known how things have been working. Yeah. And by not teaching black history, we have just had history through this series of reducing valves that have nothing to do with how things actually work. And when you actually learn the black history of America, you learn how it's always actually in real time functioned that is only catching up to stupid white people like me now where I can see the failure of systems. You know, it's like the engineers at Twitter know how the systems will fail first. Yep. Where I, as a user, I'm like, it doesn't seem to be working. And so all I'm saying is I got this sort of crystal glimpse the other night while reading. I was like, oh, yep. Oh, that whole pure moment where it hit me right between the eyes where I, I realized that by not having a curriculum of black history that I had never learned anything at all about the country. Yep. I mean, it was as good as nothing. It was totally. worse than nothing because you spend so much of your time dealing with nothing. Yep. So, so Dan, we, I feel like it's more a question of how to deal psychologically. <laughs> yeah. In order, because we're going to go through it again, Dan. Yeah. Well, and it's going to start early. I mean, we are earlier than the last time. Now, like, they, I will say that room did not seem jazzed. I mean, they were jazzed enough. I don't know, Dan. He usually he feeds on he feeds on the the raw meat. Well, this was not a raw meat crowd. It was right? not a like, raw meat. This crowd. was an invitation only crowd. Right. Um. It was, you know sycophants and and uh toadies and and press and, just press yeah and press it was in a ballroom of mar-a-lago right so like this was not a rally where you know his most rabid supporters are camping out the night before to get in and all of that like this was you know this was just not ever going to be a rabid crowd it also was interesting that like there were Ivanka was not there. Like Ivanka has said, I'm not doing this one, which is hilarious to me. I didn't know that. Yeah. She she and Jared weren't there. She said that she wants to spend this time, you know, with her family. <laughs> um of of all of the kind of cronies that you and I have spent a long time with, I think Roger Stone was the only one that was there in person. Um so yeah, it wasn't your the kind of red meat crowd that he tends to want and feed off of, which is interesting that they didn't book a. I don't understand why they didn't book a classy Dan because they told him somebody told him that he had yeah, to be elegant. That's right. That he had to be classy and presidential. Yeah, so he's got to somehow hold that for two years. My main thing is like the way to survive this psychologically is tune him out for mm. as long as you can. Because it's not, you know, right now what he's doing and we're totally feeding into it, right, is like all this is is a way for him to garner press. Like ultimately, it really is like and we talked about this a couple of a weeks ago, like he's got two things that he's balancing right now. One is the grift of being able to raise money without having to report it to the to the um, federal election committee. And the other is 
a grift of running for president so that you're likely shielded from any real prosecution from the many, many things that are out on him. And it seems that he he has decided the latter. But is there any sacrifice the former? Is there any law or statute that says you can't prosecute? I mean, but. I mean, I don't I don't see Merrick Garland. You don't think they're deciding that he's going to wade right into uncharted territory. You don't think they're going to somebody's going to try to prosecute him? No. I mean, I think that probably the closest will be what's already underway in New York, but that doesn't lead to jail. Right. Or the ability to not run for president. It's fines and that sort of thing. Um. I don't think that he's getting indicted. I think he dies. I mean, that I think that's entirely possible. Honestly, I think the stress of it, um, it's a lot of stress. It's not, it's not going to be fun for him. It's not fun anymore. It's fear-based. You know, he's, he's in trouble. He's lost once. Some, oh, he's got his toadies, but he doesn't have as many. No, he does. He's going to have money problems. You know, it's not he doesn't. We're going to get a new cast, but they're going to be even dumber than the old cast. Yeah. And I think he is diminished. Not diminished enough to lose, but he is diminished. And I think he feels that. And I don't think he copes with that well. And he doesn't, for example, he has true social, but not that many people are on it. He can't get that hot button reaction. Right. Um. Oscar was saying to me the other day, he was like, well, he has true social, so he's getting what he wants. I'm like, nobody's on true social. Nobody gives a shit about true social. Yeah. And once Twitter is gone, the true social stuff probably won't even get reposted anymore. Right. And then he's just kind of a free-floating weirdo. Yeah, I mean, that's assuming that he's not let back on the major channels. I do think that by running for president, the possibility of him being let back on you know, Twitter. I mean, you, you're the one that said it and gave me pause. Like, yeah, if you're running the circus, you're letting the clowns back in. Absolutely. It's the one move he could make. Yeah. And I think that Facebook, it's easier for, I think it just becomes a harder line to toe to keep people off if they're actually presidential candidates. And not only that, if they are the leading presidential candidate for a major party, I you think- know, Elon will let him in within the next two weeks. That would be my guess right now. I wouldn't be overly surprised. If he's a candidate, then I'll be like, well, that's that. Yeah. Well. I mean, the only thing that got him thrown off was trying to get the vice president killed. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, he has a book coming out. Doing media tours. I think it's out today. Yeah. He seems sad. He has a real wide leg balls forward stance in his chair during that. And it's weird. <laughs> he, he was talking about the things that made him sad when those people were, they were going to kill that guy. And yeah, they he, were going to kill that man. They were going to kill Mike Pence. They were going to kill him. Yeah. And they, and the reporter was talking and he's just real wide. Like he's out like you last night with peas down your pants. Like yeah. He's got the whole situation. Mike is is just pence forward, you know? It's just like he's pointed and he's sad. And he's like, you know, the president really made him sad and let him down when he tried to get him murdered by a crowd of people running around with a noose. And that was sad. 
And then someone tried to kill Nancy Pelosi with a hammer. So we got that. I think the raw chaos, Dan. Okay, we have to answer one question before we wrap this up. Okay. When the fuck do we go to Disney World? Great question. Don't know. I think it has to be next year. Okay. I think it has to be. You know, he's out. That was the condition. Yeah. Then the pandemic hit. Yeah. We got to go before he goes, tries to get back in. (laughs) All right. We can start looking. But we always said that says who would end then. That's not, we're not ending. That's true. We're just starting again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. It's like, Dan, we got on the ride and then the person running the ride just left. Mm-hmm. They forgot we were there. Like, oh, I'm clocking off for the night. And they went home and this roller coaster just keep <laughs> We got us slowing down. We're about to get off. Oh, oh, we're going again. Shit, we're going again. And it turns out after the 236th time you've ridden the roller coaster, you start to get used to the moves. Oh, Maureen. Oh, you sweet summer child. The 236th time. This is our 264th time. Wow. I was yeah. just throwing numbers out there. I was surprisingly no. close. Yeah. So, um, And that's not even counting the town watches. So I say 2023 is Disney World. I like Because it. we're going to need that emotional food. Yeah, that's true. For, the, for what's coming. And I, I think maybe it'll be safe enough to come next year. Let's uh let's see what the winter holiday super spreader events do for us. Dan, there's there's been a lot going on, hasn't there? Yeah, just a little bit. There was also that casual World War Three th- thing last night, but that's blown over. So that's yeah, cool, that seems to have been a uh, oopsie, just a literal flash in the pan. So you guys, hope you're ready. Let's stay with the party. Bring your friends. <laughs> And in the meantime, Says Who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon, where every Sunday you get this all over again because you become a member of the Says Who Town Watch if you join at the 5 or $10 a month level. Our theme music was performed by Ted Leo. Our logo was designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y at says who podcast.com. And join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Sazuvians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. If you want to join the fan run Discord server, you can visit tinyurl.com slash says who Discord. Spread the word, subscribe, leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You can join us on November 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving. Well, that's festive for our very next episode from my basement in Chicago. I am Dan Sinker. And you guys, with you in spirit, with you from New York. Do you want to see my new mouse pad? Yeah. Look at this. I needed a new mouse pad, and I said, I wonder if there's one that goes hard. Wow. This is that painting of the, it's a very famous classical painting of the witches, like the witches riding, but it's basically just a bunch of naked ladies. It's just a bunch of naked people and like some kind of. It's naked Demony looking bats reaching yeah, they're, out. Yeah, they're flying through the sky. It's just a lot of butts. So yeah. I got that. That's, That's a cool. lot of butts. Um, 
I just also, I see that an email flashed up that my final locked in tour events have arrived. So right. uh, it's all happening. Lock it in. And, um, you know, stay vigilant and together and it's all cool. And let's figure out, well, we're all going to Disney World. This has been Says Who. I gotta go ice my balls. (laughs) 